0: Which one is Neo going to take? So if you're not familiar with this scene, this comes from a movie called The Matrix. had quite a cult following. It was quite popular. And in this scene, we're introduced to Ni- Neo, the one who's being offered the pills, the blue or the red pill. And he's offered this choice as well. He takes the blue pill, he will wake up in his bed as if nothing has happened. And you believe whatever he wants to believe. He takes the red pill, And he will become aware of the truth of his reality. Blue, ignorance, darkness. Red, truth, and revelation. Likewise, we're going to see today that Gaius is faced with a choice as well. He is faced with a choice: does he take truth or does he take ignorance? And Gaius has made the right choice. He has taken truth and that's why John says this is a worthy reason for joy and it is it is a worthy reason for joy but we'll find out more about that later and today we're going to see in this tiny book yes it's a full book in one page we're going to see in this tiny book in one page the importance the centrality of truth and how if you grasp this truth you have such a reason for joy But you do have a choice. You can walk in the truth or choose to not walk in the truth. But before we do that, let's pray. God, I just feel so overwhelmed by your presence and I am just so thankful for you that from affinity, from eternity, you know those that you love and in your truth, You chose those people before the very foundation of the world. And that truth means that they are solidly able to stand in confident hope of always having you as a loving Father. May your truth, may that joy just shine forth through your word. In your name, Jesus Christ, amen. So this leads us to our first point. I want you to have a look in your Bible. Um, Verses 1 to 4, we're going to see... That walking in truth is cause for joy. So, have a look. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy to hear that my children are walking in the truth now notice here that we see the elder John is writing to Gaius and he says Gaius is someone whom he loves and actually this term beloved or such a term um dear as we saw the bible reading up on the screen is actually used four times in this short little book four times John repeats this because Gaius isn't just your ordinary person in the church John loves him as a brother in Christ. We don't know much else about Gaius, but who needs to know anything else about Gaius except that he is deeply loved? What a reputation to leave behind. And this is Gaius. He is deeply and personally loved by John. In verse 2, we see that John wishes good health for Gaius. He says, A health like that of your heart. That's like saying, Kanye, (laughs) yeah, yeah, hear me out. May your happiness expand as big as your ego.
1: <laughs>
0: now, in this warm and friendly greeting, that's, that's all it is. John is saying, I hope you're in good health. He's, he's expressing his best for guys. Now, it's important for me to point this out, because there have been some people who've said, Oh, this actually means that I'm guaranteed prosperity and good health. But just pray for it and have some faith no no this is all that John is saying I hope you're well that's it so let's move on John goes on to say to Gaius that he's got his priorities right Gaius has made the right choice he is a man who has chosen to take the pill of truth he says um, you are a testament of truth and you are walking in the truth and what does John say he says this is worth celebrating verse 3 and 4 says for i rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and i have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth for john it's seeing that his spiritual children are walking in the truth which brings him so much joy this is what brings john so much joy now what is this truth it's mentioned seven times in this little book. That is an awful lot, if you think about it, ratio-wise. That's a lot of times to be emphasizing truth. Truth is central to this book. Well, I don't know about you. I love conspiracy theories. I know they're ridiculous. <laughs> and I know you can pull them out of you know a hat. But there's something about them that's kind of enjoyable. You know, the, the possibility of what if, what if that's true. You know, the conspiracy theory, you've got your classics. Was the moon landing a hoax? I think it's pretty convincing evidence. But anyway, <laughs> you've got your pop-cultural ones. Uh, you know, is the Illuminati real? <laughs> Are they watching me now? <laughs> no. So you have your conspiracy theories. And according to the New York Times magazine, it actually says that conspiracy theories appear to be a way of reacting to uncertainty and powerlessness. And I think that, that speaks volumes. Because if you think about it, we're in a society at the moment we're in a world at the moment where truth is always questioned. The validity of things is always questioned. Is that a docked image? Was he really there? Was that he just edited that film there? You've got it in politics. Deception is rife. They say, I'm promising this. Then what happens? No, no, no. Actually, we're building that. You've also got it in movies. Always this questioning of truth. And it's this under undercutting of truth all the time. But John... John is saying you don't need to have a postmodern view. Now, postmodern view is this, is this view that truth is only a matter of perspective, perception, so ultimately you can choose whatever narrative you want. But John says, no, no, he says there is a way to walk in the truth. The truth is out there. <laughs> That's a reference from X Files, but anyway. Um, so. To I had to explain that one, I know, anyway. (laughs) To walk in the truth is to walk in the truth of Jesus. Truth isn't an idea, a concept. It is a person which is grounded in history. Jesus Christ is grounded in history. Think about that for a moment. A concept can just be made up and it can be questioned, it can be asserted. But if it's grounded in history with an actual person, you can critically come and attack that person's historicity to see if they actually existed. Did they say what they say? They say, they say. You can question it. It's that historical process. Jesus is the truth. But it's all that Jesus represents as well. God did reveal himself in truth. And he revealed it in a person. And that's where we actually see these words. If you get a chance to look it up at some time, John fourteen six. I find these words mind-blowing. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He doesn't say, I have the way, I have the truth, I have the life. He says, no, you want those things? I am those things. Incredible, absolutely incredible. Who can claim such incredible claims? No one for jesus christ now if you're a christian and you're walking in the truth i want you to grasp something so incredible right now the truth is what you are walking in right now you do not have a conspiracy theory you are not living in a world full of shadows and illusions and darkness you have the truth There are so many truths out there that are screaming out for your attention, but you only need one. This is the incredible news. Jesus says, I am the truth and the way. You can know for certainty where truth is. Because it's not found in an idea. It's not found in a place. It's found in a person. Incredible. And this is what I want you to really understand. God, we're told, is unchanging. God is unchanging. And Jesus says, um, Jesus in the word found in the book of Hebrews, we're told that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. If you draw that out to this logical conclusion, what it is saying, it's saying that that truth will not change no matter the circumstances. We have so many circumstances that rock us all the time. You find out something about, you know, your family member. You know, they, they've, they've been going so well, they've got just finished their uni degree, applying for work, and what happens? They get, they get hit, hit by a car. Boom! That solid ground that you think you were standing on just gets cut out from underneath you. But because God is the unchanging, the unchanging God in Jesus Christ as well, you have that assurance all the time that that solid foundation will remain because God does not change. You always have the truth. And if you're in Christ, that truth means you have life, you have a way of going through this world, and you have Jesus. Incredible! I'm just so encouraged by this. I struggled with the book of John, 3 John, but just if you think about that, it's incredible. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If Christ does not bring you joy, why not? Why not? But we're so easily distracted. That's the thing. We're so easily distracted. I know I am. The latest post comes up on Facebook. Whoa, who cares? But we look at it anyway. That's, That's what we do. It's our human nature. We are inclined to run away from the truth, inclined to run away from the Father who says, I have the truth, the truth of my love. That's what we do. And I guess there's another challenge as well. For For those of us that are captivated by the love of God and the truth of God, do we have this desire to share this truth with our friends and family? because they're not living in the truth. And it is the greatest joy that they can have. And imagine the gratitude they're gonna have when they, they'll rejoice when they know that they have been given the truth and you may very well be that vehicle, that channel through which they hear the truth. There is no greater joy to know that you're walking in the truth, that your friends and family are walking in the truth. Which leads us to our next point. We're going to see in verses 5 to 10 that a situation is posed for us. Are we working for the truth or working against the truth? Are we working for the truth or against the truth? John commends, guys, for working for the truth. So have a look. Verse 5, it says, Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these believers, strangers as they are. Support people like these that we may be fellow workers for the truth. Now, Guys has been faithfully serving um, some people that John has sent over his way. He's been hospitable. Presumably, he's given them lodging. He's given them food. He's given them good company. And, Gaius, and John is happy about that. He's, you know, thank you for that, basically. It's a faithful thing you do. And John asks that that hospitality continue to be extended into the future when they leave as well for they have gone out why this is the reason for they have gone out for the sake of the name now the name is just a reference for Jesus another way of referring to Jesus and John is saying please be continue to be faithful to these people because they are walking out and sharing the name of Jesus Christ the truth to everyone out there they're kind of missionaries of sorts and he says, it's so faithful that you've been doing that. The incredible thing is that by Gaius faithfully supporting them in their ministry, John says that you are, in a, in a sense, a fellow worker of truth. So Gaius, even though he's in his little area, he is not, not able to go to all of these places that these missionary sort of people are. They are taking Gaius along with him. It is a multiplication of guys. Have you ever thought of that? When you support ministry or a missionary, you are over in China. You are in Bankstown talking to someone, even though you're not talking to them. That is real (laughs) matrixy. But that's the incredible thing of the gospel is that you can partner. You can partner with someone else and multiply yourself. You know, so, so often, I know I feel this sometimes, I've got to save for a house in the Sydney economy. Oh, but no. You know, the thing is, by giving to ministry, I- not out of guilt or pity or obligation, you're actually multipli- multiplying yourself and reaching people you may never see, except when you get to heaven and the new new earth. Isn't that incredible? Incredible. Yeah. But it doesn't end there either. It doesn't end there either. Because the the thing is... Everyone who believes in Christ is a missionary of sorts. We've got a full room here of missionaries. So it doesn't mean you're off the hook. You know, oh, I gave to church, therefore I can do nothing today. I'm going to sit on my backside. (laughs) No, we're called to also be missionaries in our context as well. And it also means that we're to support one another as well, even though there are people who we claim are brothers and sisters in Christ, that we treat as strangers. Think about it. They're fellow workers for the truth, and we treat like strangers. This is family. Family language is repeatedly used throughout the New Testament. This is an intimate process. I think it's a challenge for us. It's a challenge for me. Rather than just talking to the same people each week. Rather than just limiting our lives, being insular, and, and rather than, say, for, for example, we saying, you know, I don't want to get too deep today. Yeah, how was your week? Yeah, good. Even though I've had a really tough week. That's, that's the thing. We are called to be hospitable, loving, extending our love to each and every one of us in here. Changing that stranger status to one of family. Fellow workers in the truth, because we all are. And the incredible thing is, if you have a look at verse 6, these strangers, missionaries, they testified to Gaius's love before the church. They honoured Gaius by telling of his hospitality to the church from which they came. Most probably John's. Gaius's reputation spread forward. And we all have a reputation. Whether we want it or not, we all have one. We all... I, I, we all are having a reputation that goes before us and out amongst us. And we also want to have our reputation being one of testifying of love before the church. Wouldn't that be great? I think it is a challenge for all of us. You know, I think sometimes it's easy to just say, you know, I'm not going to invest this week. But no, this is an opportunity each week to show your love to others, testify of your love. Now, we're, we're moving on and we see in verse 9, we're introduced to a new character. Diotrephes, Diotrephes, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. He's working against the truth. So remember, those that are working for the truth and those that are working against the truth. I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. And what's this? He's been talking wicked nonsense against us. That's John and the strangers. Now, as if this weren't bad enough, he then goes on to say, He refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to and puts them out of the church. Now, in comparison to Gaius' faithfulness, what do we see with Diotrephes? He is unfaithful. John has written something to the church, but what has Diatrephes done? He stopped the letter. We don't know what the letter was or when it was given, but all we know is Diatrephes' reputation is that he stopped the letter. Why? Look, verse 9. Diatrephes likes to put himself first. A selfish spirit characterizes Diatrephes. Sadly, there are a lot of diatrophies walking around today. I'm sure you can think of one or two. But before you get too judgmental on them, remember that we all have little diatrophies in us. I do. That selfish spirit comes into my heart, and that diatrophie says in my heart, no, you can do what you want today. You don't need to put the ministry, the ministry of loving people, in priority today. No, you can you can do a little bit of your own. You can not treat your wife in a loving way. Why? Well, she's hurt you. <coughs> but John says, Don't be like Diatrephes who likes to put himself first. It's it's so dangerous because Diatriphes spirit, it has been around from all humanity and the greatest danger of a Diatriphes spirit is that he stops that ministry to our own hearts let's not walk in untruth let's walk in the truth but john isn't going to let Diatriphes get away with his evil work what does he say he says i will bring up what he is doing Diatriphes will be revealed and all those that oppose the truth will eventually all be revealed as well diatrophies has been speaking and acting poorly and John calls it for what it is. Nonsense. Just nonsense. It's its actually really shocking how dietary is treating John with c- such contempt. It is so shocking because it's so offensive as well. He refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to and puts them out of the church. Church, I don't want you to think of it as some detached, removed building as what we come to now and we're sitting here where we can go away church was in at that time in a person's home it was intimate it was in a person's home and for him to be doing that is basically kicking them out of his house Dietrich is kicking them out of this house those that support him i uh, support john so i think in asian culture that can particularly be understood you always treat your guests with respect, and you are always hospitable. I, I experienced something uh, that, that wasn't very enjoyable for me. So I was, I was needing to be somewhere, and I had to stay at some <laughs> relatives' places, so family. They were Jamie's relatives, and I thought I was going to get to know them. I hadn't really got to know them and I was in a foreign environment, and when I went there <laughs> as if I was just a stranger. They didn't even talk to me in, in their own house really to get to know me. Um, it, it was odd, I didn't know why they were treating me that way. Uh, you know, they, they even went out during the nights, they went out four nights the night I was there and didn't even invite me once. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, I, I, you know, I try to respect people's decisions. But I'm not going to lie, that really hurt me. It actually hurt me. It got under my skin and hurt me and offended me and made me feel really awkward. I was staying in their house and I was being treated like a stranger. I don't know what I did. I remember ringing up Jamie and having a very unpleasant conversation. uh, Not because of me, (laughs) but because Jamie went all sassy and, you know, Oh no, they did not! You know, sort of thing. (laughs) As she can, if you know her. She was really embarrassed and just deeply ashamed. It cut her to the heart. She was so angry. Um, And she told me later on that she was so angry that she'd never done this before. She actually cried out of anger. I don't even know what that looks like. (laughs) You know, how does that happen? But she was so hurt, so cut from it. You know, just how I'd been treated so poorly. Now place yourself in the context of the book of 3 John. John is also someone who has recommended these strangers to be treated with hospitality. They are entering into someone else's house and ought to be treated with respect, honour and hospitality. Not only has this person denied the strangers, he has also offended John deeply and ashamed him. This is an honour-shame culture. And he's also kicked out his own people in his house who want to support them as well. Feel that way. This is a dishonorable thing. This is an absolutely despicable thing for Diatrephus to be doing. And John, John lets Gaius know of what is happening. Do not choose to walk in the way of untruth, but walk in truth because as verses 11 to 12 tell us there are two ways that you can work which show from where you come (coughs) the way you work out shows from where you come so have a read with me verses 11 and 12 beloved do not imitate evil but imitate good whoever does good is from god whoever does evil has not seen god demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone introduced to a new person and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony. And you know that our testimony is true. Now we've already seen that there's two ways to work out truth. For the truth or against the truth. Now John is saying the deeper root, the deeper cause of that outworking comes from the heart. From where your heart is oriented. I'm not talking about emotions. I'm talking about the seat of your will. He's saying if you work, in a l- if your actions are good then your heart is being revealed as good. It's kind of like an Instagram, a Snapchat of your heart. People can see that. If you're working in, if you're working in evil ways, then you are, you are, in a sense, showing that your heart is not of God. You do not know God. Why? Because God is a God of love. And we're also told, that just as i that is christ loved you you also are to love one another now it's not referring to non it's not referring to those that have yet to place their faith in christ this is referring to christians sometimes it's tempting i know for me sometimes i think you know oh yeah it must be okay they're doing it but no not everyone who claims to be a christian who professes to be a christian is a christian it's a sad reality We are not to imitate those that do not follow and walk in the ways of Christ. It's not okay to get drunk with someone who claims to be a Christian. That's not okay. Because God's word, Jesus says, that that's not what we're to do. And John's saying, don't imitate those that don't profess to have Christ. But, 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 this is a big but. This is a warning. We are not to be heart guessers. That is not our place. Our place is only. And I know I fall into this camp. How could they do that? I'm so judgmental actually. I think that's a natural tendency of my personality and who I am as well. Um, But we're not to be that. We are to be fruit pickers. We are to be fruit pickers, which means we are to see the evidences of the Holy Spirit in their life. Are they kind? Are they gentle? Are they loving? Are they patient? And imitate those people who claim to be Christians and show those things. That's a good thing. John says that. Because out of the flow, out of the outflow of the heart, that is where our actions are seen. The heart. I wonder sometimes, are we living a life in harmony with the truth that we've received? Or are we living lives sometimes where there's a contradiction between who we say we are and actually where we are, who we are? I think it's a challenge for us. Walking in the truth and its fruitage of the Spirit is a life lived in truth, in Jesus. Jesus, as we've read, was the way and the truth and the life. And no one, comes to the Father except through Him. No one comes to the Father except through Him. But this is the incredible thing about Jesus Christ and what this truth actually means to us. Jesus Christ had to become untruth. Now what do I mean by this? Jesus Christ from all eternity had only known perfection and only known clarity, truth no deception for all of his existence which was from infinity to infinity but because he loved us because of the truth that jesus christ loved you he said you know what i'm willing to sacrifice that i'm going to come down as a human being the god man and i'm going to take that untruth that untruth of unrighteousness that untruth of brokenness and rebellion that we all continue to fall in. And he says, I'm going to take that. I'm going to live a life according to the truth. I'm going to live a life that builds, shows obedience to the Father so that that can be credited to you. And Jesus said that he was the way, the truth, and the life. But that was going to come at such a cost. By him saying that it broke him it broke him why did it break jesus christ because he had to die in order for that to be true justice truth requires justice and jesus said you know what i'm going to take that untruth onto myself i'm going to take all of that deception all of that walking away from me all of that offense onto me and he became very untruth itself and he died but the thing is the truth is he rose to life that is a historical fact he rose to life and in that very moment when he came to life the truth is that he offers you yes you no matter how bad your week's been no matter whether you stumbled or fall, the truth that repentance is always available, it's always free, and it can be yours. You can be the son or daughter of a living God. Hallelujah! I'm just so blown away by that because God allows us, and you know, we know when we fall down each week. But God allowed Jesus Christ to take that for us, raise to life, so that we could have those incredible things counted to us. Now we're going to hear a response song now. I want you to just listen to the book.
1: Heal where your blood was spilled for my ransom, everything I once held dear.
0: to those people next to you and I want you to think about how might the truth of Jesus impact upon your week this week and if you are yet to know Jesus what does the truth of Jesus mean to you now if you feel uncomfortable um, in sharing that's okay I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people who do want to share Um, so if you'd be able to do that now that'd be like to invite the band up now as we get an opportunity to to finally do a response song together as a community so if you'd like to stand